My concern was on this uh, Monday morning that the season's over with, we'd have nothing to talk about. I'm kidding. I knew we'd have a ton to talk about on Monday morning live, either in a great way or a bad way, at least in the geography of where this show originates from in Birmingham, Alabama. Welcome into Monday Morning Live, presented by our friends at MyBookie, mybookie.ag. And if you were with us yesterday on the video platform, you saw the discussion leading into the selection committee's announcement and then the reaction. And we'll continue that this morning on a higher level as we bring in ESPN's Tom Luganbill. Luganbill, welcome in. Happy Monday to you. Uh, it looks a little cooler there where you are. We had a 70-degree <laughs> December day with sunshine yesterday here. But a lot of talk. And, you know, this is a, 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 a fan base down here divided by Alabama and Auburn mostly, but uh, a melting sure. pot down in this area of, of college football fans. And reaction is all over the board. Let's start first with the fact that uh, Alabama is in and Florida State is out. Uh, your re- your reaction when you saw it happen, did you see it coming? I, I felt like it was a significant possibility, Jim. I really did. And I didn't know if the committee would have the guts to really do it. Knowing what the backlash would be, generally they have defaulted to the decision that will lead to the least amount of criticism. You've got a foreman on on that 13-person committee that's a a sitting athletic director in the ACC in Boo Corrigan. Um, This was not not an easy decision to make. Uh, I see both sides of it without question. I really do. I didn't really think – I thought, okay, this is what they may do. I actually wasn't convinced they would do it. I really wasn't. And and my my take was if they decided to put forward – State in, and Rick Neuheisel and I talked about this yesterday morning. If you were going to put Florida State in to prove the point that you thought you were taking the best four teams, you had to put them at three. You couldn't put them at four, all right, because they were undefeated, and you had to put them above above Texas. And if you didn't do that, you were talking out both sides of your mouth. If you leave them out entirely, you are then essentially saying that the purpose of this entire thing is to win. Every single one of your games be the champion of a Power Five conference. But ultimately, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. But because when we started this journey, the the phrase, the best four teams, is probably something that if you look back on it now, they probably shouldn't have used. Because it's, it's, one, it's so polarizing and it's so eye-testy and it, is, it, it, is such a, it makes for such a difficult decision that it, it puts a wrench in the works of what ultimately you try to look for in a, in a championship team, right? A team that has won every one of their games, won their conference championship, weathered the storm, w- w- were able to withstand injuries, and did everything that you could possibly do, and you're going to leave them out. So, so an incredibly difficult decision. I, I can see both fan bases' side of it. But I will, I will give this reminder, Jim, and I don't know if you guys have talked about this. In 1993, this very thing happened to West Virginia in favor of Florida State. Oh, uh, uh, Florida State had the loss. West Virginia was undefeated. Uh, you know, I, I love Danny Cannell to death. Love him. I, I think he is awesome radio to listen to. Because, he, you know, I, sometimes I, I cheered for Tony Stewart in NASCAR. 
I like a little yeah. bit. I like a I like a little bit of asshole in my heroes, right? And and and, and <laughs> Canel gives you exclamation point asshole sometimes, and I yeah. love that. It's very entertaining. And I'm listening to my drive in this morning because they're on at five a.m. and we're up early sure. too. So I'm driving in, and Danny, you know, being a Florida State guy, is is wringing his hands over the decision, and I understand that. If it had happened the other way around, I would have been having the same reaction. Sure. But I had to tweet him this morning or X him or whatever we're calling it. I understand. Twixter. I, I Twixter. Twixter. I understand the frustration, DK. But did you feel the same way in 1993 with those poor kids in Morgantown, where they were unbeaten, a top five team with their quarterback healthy? Their team was healthy, and you guys were ahead of them. And by the way, in 1993, I agreed with that decision too. Florida State was light years better than that West Virginia team, and yeah. just because West Virginia was unbeaten, they didn't. I didn't think they deserved a chance to play in that de facto national championship game just because of the zero. Because Florida State was a had played a tougher path to get there. Yeah, yeah, they had. And listen, I, I think it might have been our pal Cole Kubelik that had put something out yesterday about the combined records of the top eight teams in the college football playoff and the combined record of the opponents, Florida State's combined record was last yeah. out of out of all eight in terms of of the component. Um uh, excuse me to the of the opponent's record. So you know I, I'm I'm also somebody that feels like because human nature is such a huge component to this that you become a prisoner of the moment. And had the Alabama Georgia game happened four weeks ago had the Florida State-Louisville game happen three weeks ago, there may not be as big of a reaction today had the decision been made yesterday with the decision that was made, right? I think everybody watches that on Saturday afternoon and Saturday night, and it was pretty eye-popping. It was pretty glaring. Watching, Watching Florida State on offense was painful. Louisville played a horrible football game. Florida State was elite on defense. But you had to wonder, right? You had to wonder if coming off of that game and knowing the very next morning, as a committee, you have to go make that call. And that's what's fresh in your mind. What is human nature going to do there, right? right. And and listen, with, with Florida State, you could make an argument that you go into the swamp with a second and third team quarterback and you win. You play in a conference championship game with a, a quarterback that literally cannot function. They threw for 55 yards. I think he was 8 of 21 or 8 of 22. And you come up with winning, come out with a way to win the game. You can make the argument that that makes Florida State's overall team all that more impressive. The committee, I think, looked at it and said, even with Tate Rodemaker, if he's healthy a month from now, what have you, against the other teams that they're matched up against. Would Florida State be able to compete on a national stage against the other three best teams in the country on offense? On offense. And now, unfortunately, being Florida State, look at who they drew. Yeah, Georgia, yeah. Oh, I mean, that could not have worked out worse for them. No, but but that is a playoff. That's I mean, Georgia, all due respect to anyone else who's in this thing, including Alabama, if Georgia if, if Georgia was in the field, I wouldn't doubt that Georgia could run the table and win the thing because if Georgia exactly. and Bama played again, we've seen it happen flip-flop twice that the other team could come back and beat them, right? So, uh, listen, yep. listen. I understand the, the sadness in Tallahassee. I've lived it in my life. 
I've watched my Auburn friends living in their life. Uh, it seems like a lot of fan bases have lived it in their life where you think you got mm-hmm. jobbed. And Florida State, if I'm if I'm a garnet and gold guy, I feel like I got jobbed a little bit yesterday. Sure. But, but here's the way I approached it, and I I polled everybody at at the bins in Atlanta after the game. You know, if okay. if, if a national guy or or whomever was walking by that I respected their college football opinion, I asked him. I said, "So, so Florida State wins tonight? Is Alabama in?" And the majority of them were saying no, no, no. And um, and I, you know, I'd always do a follow up question, and they, and they wouldn't budge off of that because it was a Power Five team. And I would always come back with this, Luke's. I said, okay, are you judging this Florida State team as thirteen and old Florida State, or, or are you judging them as two and old Florida State and how they looked without Jordan Travis? Because that's the team that's going to the playoffs. That's the team right. that will be there. And I don't think 2-0 and Florida State, this Florida State team after Jordan Travis, not only do I think they're not in the top four, I don't think they're five. I don't think they're six. You start discussing maybe they're there at seven ahead of Oregon. Maybe they're not. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're ahead of Missouri. But they're not better than Georgia or Ohio State if we're judging them as this version of Florida State that they are going into the playoffs. They should have been lower, in my opinion. Yeah, and I don't necessarily disagree with that. I don't. I, I, I am curious, though, and I think it's it's healthy to have the conversation. Is what the committee did yesterday, Jim, is 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 that right? Like is have we have we I, I like I'll be the first for am I, do I think Alabama is probably the better overall football team to bottom top to bottom? Yes. I, I really I, I do. Is it right for the committee to take that team that didn't lose a game and and drop them like no. I. That's where I have a real conflict. No, we should have never had a playoff that did not include. It should have never been the number four, right? It should have been six mm-hmm. or eight. It should have never been right. the number four with five power. You're always leaving somebody out. You're always leaving a possible power five. I mean, if we'd ever had. I mean, this was a crazy year to end it on. If we'd ever yeah. had five unbeaten or five one-loss conference champions at the same time, we would have been leaving out a team that was worthy of being in there. I guarantee you, TCU and Baylor, back in that day, that year, what was that, 2014, the first year? I'm sure they're sitting there going, what the hell are we doing here? I mean, Ohio State's got their third-string quarterback. Well, they won the national championship. They did prove what team they were in the Big Ten championship game. But, no, it's not right. We should have never been that. And, 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 listen, I'm out on a limb. Every time I say this, people say, Dunaway, no thank you. But I, I am excited about the automatic bids starting next year. Um, if we had five, you know, Power Five conference champions, that would have been fine and, and, and had one at large and had a 16 playoff. We wouldn't be having this discussion. Five conference right. champions and a wild card would have been a great playoff. It should have never been four. But everybody always comes back and said, okay, what if Iowa had beaten Michigan? Would you want that Iowa team in there? Well, if it's automatic bids, then yeah, we'll, I, that's that's the team that won the championship game. They won the Big Ten. That's yeah. right. And we would have to stomach some upsets and some three-loss teams being in there. But then there's no debate at that point. We could have five you know, automatic bids and then that wild card. So we're going to 12. It's next year. But this year, we've got it. we're stuck with this system. And it's the, the history of college football is a lot of wrongs throughout history to yeah. try to get it right. Did you ever think this would happen, something like this would happen? I actually didn't. I was... Last week, I was literally carrying the torch that there is no way 
given a second and third team quarterback, if that team wins the ACC and goes undefeated, they're being left out. I just, I didn't think it would happen. Yeah. No, I, I thought, I thought this would happen. Um, um, well, first off, I, I didn't think Alabama would beat Georgia. I thought Georgia would win. Okay. I thought Georgia was going to win the game, and that solves the problem, which is a question that's being asked sure. in the chat room. So let me tell you about our friends at my bookie first, and then I want to ask you these questions. But no, I thought Georgia mm-hmm. would beat Alabama. 34 yeah. 31 was my pick. So Alabama uh, exceeded my expectations by winning the SEC championship. Now, I thought in my head if they did that, they would be in the playoffs all along. Uh, listen, if you, if you find a $100 bill on the ground, would you just walk past it? and pass up a chance for easy cash. That's what, if you're not logging into mybookie.ag and you're betting with your friends or whatever, uh, this is the best way to do it. Mybookie.ag, mybookie.ag. You get a deposit bonus there and all the other benefits you get on there. You can play anytime, anywhere, uh, anyhow, on anything right now, including the NFL and college bowl games coming up. Just use the promo code next round and claim your deposit match redeemable up to $1,000. Again, the promo code is next round to claim your bonus. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with mybookie.ag. So the question that is, uh, passed on this timeline, so I won't give a name six or seven times right. already, and it's coming in hot and heavy today is if, if, uh, Georgia had beaten Alabama, would Florida State be in, or would they still be out? Like, people are blaming this on Alabama, but a lot of people believe that it would be Georgia, Michigan, Washington, Texas if Alabama had not won, and Florida State would still be out. Do you think that? Well, that's a, that's a really good question. Like, that is a really, really good question, and I don't know the alpha of yesterday's results. I don't know the answer to that question. Um I would I would probably default to Texas being out, having lost to Oklahoma, and then having Georgia beat the team that Texas had beaten Alabama. I don't know how much that shifts the landscape. I I, I really I really don't. I because then it, then it comes down to, and again, Texas performance in the Big Twelve Championship game, uber impressive, as was their performance a week ago against Texas Tech. I was there for that. They obliterated the Red Raiders. And now you would be having the same discussion they had yesterday between Alabama and Florida State and Texas and Florida State. And maybe, given how the conference championship games went, and I go back to that, you know, the the freshness of of having to deliberate right off of seeing it with your eyes and and the impact that can have on your decision-making, maybe Florida State still would have been left out. Yeah. Uh, let's run through these uh, these comments that are coming in fast and furious today, Luke, and we'll talk about everything else going on in college football. This is Monday Morning Live. This is one of those programs you need to set your alerts always on the Next Round platform. We pop up all the time, sometimes unplanned, and you want to be there with us. Remember to like and subscribe right there. Landmine Believer, Bama and Florida, Florida State's resumes are not the same. FSU only arguing point was the zero in the L column. Every other data point, Alabama either a lot ahead or slightly ahead uh your thoughts on that yeah I, listen i think there's always value in the numbers i don't think they always paint the entire picture um but what i do think is if it comes down to that and they have that in their favor they're going to utilize it as obviously something to point to i don't know if this decision had as much to do with that as it did to have with the eye test i honestly i i think I think coming off of this weekend, looking at Florida State currently on offense, um, seeing and acknowledging 
the trajectory that Alabama was on since the Texas loss in week two. Um, I think the numbers played a role, but maybe not as much as the eye test did. And listen, Alabama had a lot of awards, even though they won some games. That uh, the game you were at, Luke's, the Arkansas game, they let the, a, sure. a, a horrible Hogs team. Uh, they got worse as the year went on, but a horrible Hogs team back in it. And there were a couple of times in the fourth quarter, I thought that Arkansas could get away with an upset there. So, and, and then yeah. the fourth and thirty-one. Uh, you can paint that as a resilient team on one side or a lucky team on another side against Auburn sure. just a week ago. So it's not like Alabama dances through without any pimples. Well, let, let me say this, too, about luck. Everybody gets lucky. And you don't get to a playoff, you don't get to a championship game, and you don't get to a national championship game without some luck. It is part of the equation. And it's okay to acknowledge that and say it. And every coach will tell you that that is true. You are going to have a ball bounce your way sometimes. Sometimes you're not. Sometimes you're going to have a play that's a statistical anomaly occur in your favor. And you know what? It just happened. That's part of it. People say, oh, they're so lucky. Everybody at some point who's in this position will need luck to, to advance. Greg writes in, wins obviously don't matter, exclamation point. Bad day for college football. Your thoughts on that? I, I, there's a part of me that feels that that way because I know I know what goes into this entire thing and how hard it is to win one game, just one time, and then to go out and win all of them, and then also to do it when you're not at full staff, right? And you are, especially with the most maybe the most outside of Jared Verse, the most important person, or Keon Coleman, the most important person on the on the roster at Florida State, and Jordan Travis. Um, I, I do think it's a little bit of a black guy, but you know what? You, I thought you stated it really well, Jim, earlier that throughout the history of college football, there's been a lot of wrongs to try to get to more rights than wrongs. That's you know, right. and but this one, this one, I can see why it stings in a different manner. Anytime, anytime there is not a loss in that column, and you're telling somebody they have to go sit at home. Uh, that's that's going to be a very very polarizing conversation. Listen, I was never, uh, you know, some of these happened before I was alive, but 1973 did not. But I watched the. I mean, I knew the players Penn State was putting into the NFL, so they had quality football for Joe Paterno. But 1968, 69, and 73, Penn State unbeaten every one of the times and did not sniff a national championship the way we used yeah. to do things because their schedule, their strength of schedule and the eye test wasn't the same. And they were putting great NFL players into the NFL. Mm-hmm. It's been going on forever. I referenced 2004 Auburn where they were just told and they were in the freaking SEC and they were just told, you know, yeah. USC and Oklahoma is better than you. And they, well, didn't, that, get a shot. they didn't get a shot. I'll tell you, they didn't get a shot. I'll tell you another one of a team that did. And it happened just because on that particular year, they were the only team that didn't lose. And that was the 1990 Georgia Tech team. Yep. Yep. All right. They 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 had one. Well, they had one um, tie. Their non-conference schedule was poor, but they didn't lose. And at the end of that, where there will be a lot of people. Bobby Ross would probably tell you there. There'd be a ton of people that would say, "Were they the best team in the in the nation?" Probably not. No. But they got in, and yep. then they won it. Yep. A 1984 BYU. Always we point to that one as the you know were they really the national champions. That BYU team was damn good. That BYU team, oh, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if they were the best team in the country, but I'd like to have seen that game. The way the Bulls were paired up, they couldn't get that game. I would have loved to have seen BYU against whoever we consider to be the, the best team in the country that year. 
about how about Sark's fourteen and 1996 BYU team? Absolutely. Absolutely, they weren't even in the conversation. Never in the conversation. <laughs> um, Jeff asked the question: Lugs, do you think FSU could beat anybody else in the top seven right now? That that's all the way down through Georgia and Ohio State. This this version of Florida mm. State could they beat anybody in the top seven? See, I don't think so. I I I don't think could they beat all of them? Any of them? I I don't think so. Yeah. Any of them? Like um, right right now, probably not. And and I think we, you know the other part of this too that we have to acknowledge is Louisville laid a big egg, man. Like that that if that would have been a a, a competent team that could operate efficiently, we would we wouldn't be having the conversation probably right now. Um, and so for me, like I look at it now and it's too little too late. But Florida State's lucky they weren't playing NC State. Oh my God. Yeah. NC State's the hottest yeah. team in the ACC right now. Yeah. And so um but no, I, I right now I don't. And that's why there's a part of it that really doesn't have a, a huge issue with this, aside from the fact that Florida State did everything that you can possibly do. Um and I think that's super for duper disappointing and not just for Florida State fans I think for college football in general that is disappointing because what type of message are we sending yeah uh anthem if Georgia had won FSU is still out it didn't come down to Bama Florida State why is no one saying this thank you anthem we're uh, trying to echo that a little bit this morning uh Blake says all you need to know on whether the committee got it right or not was Michigan's team watching the fourth team pop up in their response? It was fantastic. <laughs> and that's a fair question there. If, if, if Jim Har- Harbaugh had a choice and, you know, you, you let him do it in a pl- way it wouldn't embarrass anybody, would he rather play this Florida State team or this Alabama team? He would choose Florida State 10 times out of 10. Oh, the, the reaction in that room essentially yelled to the rooftops. Oh, the committee got it wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, just the reaction of the players, and and then they they started clapping. Some boosters were there, and they let's clap, let's clap. Yeah, uh, Chris, they, they clap like their crowd claps. Golf clap. Yeah, it was, and it and it grew as it got on. Uh, Chris H, big LSU fan who listens down in the the great state of Louisiana. I don't, I don't mind Alabama getting in. They're one of the four best. I still think Georgia is better than Washington. Uh, we'll talk about the games that we saw coming up this weekend. Washington, you know, they struggled at times since beating Oregon the first time, but they flexed back on Friday night, didn't yeah. they? They flexed a little bit, didn't they? Uh, yeah, I, I thought they were really, really impressive, and they're so well coached. They're so dynamic on offense, um, and you know their ability to run the football and in Oregon's inability to run the football, I thought really stood out. And you know that's a team when everybody for however many weeks we've had since Washington beat Oregon the first time, like all we talked about is how Oregon looked like an entirely different team, and Washington kind of just kind of parallel. They just kind of stayed on the same plane, which I think is largely true. And everybody believed it except for one team, and that was Washington. And so, you know, they just went out and did what they had to do. It wasn't pretty against Arizona. It wasn't pretty against Stanford. At times, it wasn't pretty against Utah at home. But they they just win, and they can do it in very, very explosive fashion. Now, I look at them, and I ask, I think you have to ask the question, who is the team that is behind the eight ball the most on defense out of the top four? And it is clearly Washington. It and is. they don't have – they're not playing with 
Michigan and Alabama's players, and they're certainly not playing with Texas uh, front uh, seven players. And it'll be interesting to see if that if that rears its ugly head because we've seen teams like Oklahoma in the past, okay? We've seen those types of teams that are built in similar fashion to Washington struggle in the semifinal. Yeah, hey, listen, if Washington's offensive line can hold up against Texas's defensive line, which I don't think they can, but if they can, you beat Texas deep. Right, that's how Texas can get beat with Washington's receivers. Yeah. I just don't know if and that's Penix, why they're good. And yeah, and I don't, I don't know if Penix can get enough time to get it, get that fifteen, twenty plus yard pass that can beat them against that defensive line. A month to talk about that game before we get to the semifinals. A lot more of your reactions, and we'll react until the top of the hour after I tell you about a couple of great sponsors here, including our friends at Blakely's Bouquets. Uh, listen, the holidays are here. Maybe someone just got engaged. I got a friend the other day. I a, a divided household. Running down outside of oh. Jordan Hare Stadium. She loves Auburn more than anybody not named Taylor Corn. And she's out running, and her boyfriend at the time is a diehard Alabama fan. So on a weekend, when Alabama beats Georgia and makes the college football playoffs, what does he do? Alabama fan, he gets down on his knees and makes it the greatest weekend of his life by asking her to marry him. She says yes. You can send him flowers from our friends at Blakely'sBouquets.com. What a weekend for that guy, Luke. Alabama, the beach Georgia, ends the 29-game win streak. They get into the college football playoffs, and he gets engaged to a beautiful Auburn girl. Roll damn tide, right? Blakely'sBouquets.com. I bet that Auburn girl's not been in a very good mood, though, lately. <laughs> Blakely'sBouquets.com. Blakely'sBouquets.com. I can tell you the engagement ring does not have 18 waiting on 19 on the side of it in national champions. Get some good flowers from Blakely's. 205-579-4900. 579-4900. Oxmoor Road is Blakely's Bouquets. And also, our friends with who is coffee man you want that great coffee that i wake up with every morning here on the show you can get it and you can get 20 percent off this holiday season by using our promo code tnr just go to whoiscoffee.com or the easiest way to do it nextround.store nextround.store click on the coffee icon and order it and set up a a delivery plan throughout the year best coffee i've ever tasted right there in the T, uh, tnr store tnr 20 is the promo code code nextround.store luganbill for 30 good minutes to the top of the hour when we come back on Monday Morning Live. Follow Next Round Live on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. The social media team at Next Round Live is dedicated to giving you daily news conferences and practice video from UAB, Alabama, Auburn, and around college football. Follow and compare to the sites you used to visit. You'll also get the latest highlights and news from the Next Round Daily Show. Turn on the notifications so you don't miss a thing. Next Round Live on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. See more at nextroundlive.com. Are you ready to make this holiday season one to remember? Legacy Credit Union is here to make your dreams come true with their lifestyle loans. Whether you need a little extra cash for gifts or you want to take that unforgettable holiday vacation, Legacy has the right loan for you. With affordable monthly payments, flexible terms, and absolutely no collateral required, Legacy Credit Union is your trusted partner for your stress-free holiday season. Apply in minutes. Go to LegacyCreditUnion.com to get the financial support you need to enjoy the holidays to the fullest. Again, LegacyCreditUnion.com. The Next Round Golf Cart is here. Your chance to play four area golf courses for just $89. Get 18 holes in cart at Limestone Springs, Cross Creek, the Meadows, and the newly renovated Woodward Golf Club. A $247 value for just $89. Get your golf cart now at nextround.store.
Looking for the perfect gift for everyone on your Christmas list? This is Wes McClooney, owner of the New Balance Birmingham store. And I invite you to do your Christmas shopping at the New Balance Birmingham store. Everyone needs new shoes this time of year, and they'll want stylish shoes that fit perfectly. At New Balance Birmingham, you'll find the largest selection and inventory for a specialty shoe store. We have every size from extra wide to extra narrow. Shop the New Balance Birmingham store on Highway 280 next to Chick-fil-A. Tom Luganville here for Jack's Western and Outdoor Wear. For great holiday shopping for the whole family, this place is a must. Jack's carries all the name brands in boots, hats, and apparel, including the Kimes Ranch brand, as seen on Yellowstone. You might not look like Kevin Costner, but you can dress like him. Jack's also has the only Ariat shop within a shop in the state of Alabama. Come see us every Monday through Saturday from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. and Sundays from 1 p.m. to 6 p.m. Just look for the big red building off I-65, exit 304 in Coleman. Hey, Lance Taylor from the next round to tell you about our friends at Gutter Cap. Gutter Cap's that patented aluminum cover system that fits over most existing gutters to keep out debris and eliminate that gutter cleaning. It's back with a lifetime warranty, almost 20-year service record right here in Birmingham. Stay off that dangerous ladder forever. 45% off the retail price now if you call. GutterCapBirmingham.com. Call my good friend Chris Stewart now, 205-823-2212. Cap it, don't snap it, it's Gutter Cap. Follow Next Round Live on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. The social media team at Next Round Live is dedicated to giving you daily news conferences and practice video from UAB, Alabama, Auburn, and around college football. Follow and compare to the sites you used to visit. You'll also get the latest highlights and news from the Next Round Daily Show. Turn on the notifications so you don't miss a thing. Follow Next Round Live on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. See more at nextroundlive.com. IV therapy, B12 injections, cryotherapy, and compression therapy all under one roof. It's our friends at HydraLive. Mention next round at checkout, save 20% off any service. HydraLive's got three locations, Homewood, Tuscaloosa, and coming soon to Greystone. Back with you on Monday Morning Live, ESPN's Tom Luganville with us. We'll jump back in with Lugs in just a second. Let me remind you that our friends at Way to Wellness, Way to Wellness, will get you ready for 2024. We made it through Thanksgiving and uh, Championship Weekend in Atlanta. Lugs, I had a $110, well, the money's not important, appetizer with Brown the other night. It was a one-pound, one-pound lobster tail that was this big. That was then rolled and soaked in buttermilk, rolled in cornmeal, flash fried, and then chopped up for us. We've got pictures. I'll get Taylor to send it out. That was our appetizer. How's your, how's your cholesterol, bud? Uh, that's, our, that's my friends at Way to Wellness that's going to get that in check starting back again today. That was before the steak and the sweet potato casseroles and the Brussels sprouts and the unbelievable cornbread. What a meal we had Whoa. in Atlanta on Friday night. It was unbelievable. Where were you at? Uh, it was a place called uh, Little Alley Steakhouse. Little Alley Steakhouse. Next time you're in the Ooh. ATL, look it up. Okay. Little, wow. Little Alley Steakhouse. Brown finds the places, man. <laughs> Brown finds some places. Did you make to eat. him pay? 
Uh, that one may have been a company meal. No, it's uh, it. Uh, we paid for it ourselves there. Uh, but weight of wellness is is why I stay so slim when I eat like that with brownie. Brownie can put some weight on you there. Weight of wellness can take it off. Jump into them. A plan for me dot com. A plan for me dot com, and they will help you uh, keep the blood pressure down, cholesterol down. Sometimes it's a work, but they'll help you keep it down. They understand life comes at you fast. Check out Leslie and her board certified team. A plan for me dot com. No contracts. No sign up fees. First consultations free. It is a plan for me.com way to wellness, your journey to healthy living. All right, couple of comments here, and then we'll I gotta talk a little bit about the games that were actually played. That's the only thing I hate about this. Or great conference championship games, then the selection show happens, and when you come here on Monday, we forget about the games and we're only bitching them on the news, though, man. It is, it is. Uh Michael says, and this is a great point from our buddy Michael Bills, who says uh Michigan and Alabama in the Rose Bowl. And two historic teams, two winningest programs of all time. But probably right now in this moment in history, the two most hated teams in America, coast to coast, from Maine to California, hard to find two teams that would not win a popular vote in America with Alabama and Michigan. With what Alabama and Nick Saban have done dynasty-wise and Michigan and the, and the cheating scandal and what Jim Harbaugh talks about oftenly. He asked the question, who's America cheering for? In the Michigan Alabama game, oh Alabama! You think so? Alabama, oh without question. There's, there's, no, there is no doubt about it in this one. And, um, and I think and Jim Harbaugh didn't help himself when he claimed that they're America's team. That's not what America's founded upon. What are you talking about? <laughs> so I'm gonna, I'm gonna go heavy and push my chips to the table and say America. Uh, under this current situation and tenure at Michigan, is rooting for Alabama. Uh, Brooks wants to know, Alabama versus Washington, that's who he thinks ends up in the championship game. So he's thinking the two lower uh, – no, he thinks the two-seed two wins the favorite and then Alabama upsets him. Could you see an Alabama-Washington championship game? Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, I think the Washington-Texas game, but all four of the teams and who they got matched up against in seeding, I think are very, very evenly matched. This may be one of those few semifinals where we don't have a blowout in one or both of the games. We have a very, uh, you know, competitive contest. You know, the one thing that you've got to keep an eye on as it relates to Washington, they have lived and thrived in a world, in a conference where, you better be prepared to win the game on the last series of the game. Yep. One possession games have defined that conference because the quarterback play has been so good. Everybody can score. And it's a bit of who has the ball last. And, you know, if you're Texas and, and you're going to try to put an end to that stuff, you're going to have to get up on Washington early and shut them down with that Texas defense. Cause that's, Utah would be the closest one that I would I would compare to Texas, but I think Texas is a better overall. You know, listen, Texas is the number one ranked rush defense in the Big 12, but they're also the number one ranked third down defense in all of college football. I mean, opposing teams are only uh, converting 26% of their third down. So think about how many more series per game Texas is getting on offense because of what Texas does defensively. That's the game within the game, in my opinion, on a surface-level look if we're a month out, where Washington's going to have to stay on the field offensively in order to beat Texas. Yeah, and when you have that kind of rush defense, right, and it's third and three or plus, 
it's hard to run it, so you got to throw it. And with that defensive line, they are so good on third down. Uh, they pressure you. Saw that in person in Tuscaloosa when they beat Alabama. Um, well, on, the, on what you just said there, um, there are people that are saying Georgia just really, because of their dominance, had not been put into a situation like they were with Alabama, and they faltered down the stretch. I didn't see that on Saturday. And I, I hear people saying that, that Georgia hadn't, hadn't been tested in some close games you know, like Alabama had this year, so when it was mm-hmm. down to crunch time. But I thought Georgia forced the issue on Alabama on Saturday, uh, and they kept answering. They kept answering, but Alabama, they, they stayed aggressive offensively, and that surprised me a little bit. Uh, after Georgia, I think, cut it to three, they came mm-hmm. right out and were aggressive and marched it down the field for that touchdown that ended up deciding the game. I, I, I was impressed with Georgia, how they hung in there, and they had not been in that situation in a long, long time. Yeah, you know, I, I heard some folks, we had some callers yesterday on Sirius XM say that, you know, I didn't think, you know, Alabama or, or Georgia, either of them looked all that great. I said, yeah, but you're playing them against each other. Like, if, if we're, we're talents equitable and coaching is on par and – and the margin of error is so small because the difference in athlete is an eyelash, right? So it's, and you've heard me say this so often, it's, it may not, in those types of games, it may not be pretty. And it doesn't come down to how many plays you make. It comes down, what is the error that you make? And when do you make it? Does it change the game? And I think Georgia just didn't play as good as Alabama. And you can acknowledge that by saying neither team played one of their, their better games. But to your point, like that third down and fourth row, that Jalen Milrow made where he almost pushed it from his chest yes. in the first line of scrimmage to Isaiah Bond on the dart route. That was the best throw of the day. I don't even think anybody's really mentioned it. Because to make that throw, number one, you got to see him. you got to get it through traffic, and it's not a natural release point for the quarterback. I thought that was a phenomenal throw. Um, but the, the, the bottom line is, you know, Georgia had to play a better schedule than people gave them credit for. Remember all we talked about in the offseason, oh, look at Georgia's schedule, look at Georgia's schedule. Okay, well, down the stretch, that schedule ended up having a lot of teams that were ranked. Yes. Right? Florida yes. was ranked at the time. Tennessee was ranked at the time. Missouri was ranked at the time. Ole Miss. Um, Ole Miss right there. So I just think, you know, this game, those two teams, the level of player in which they're playing with, which is so more – in-depth and talented than everybody else that when they play each other, it's, I mean, it's a knockdown drag them out. Like I thought we were watching a national championship type game on Saturday when that game was on the field. Yeah. Some, some people in their head thinks, thinks we were, but um, you know, some people thought that was the two <laughs> best teams playing each other last year, Alabama was left out and I thought deservingly so. Um, mm-hmm. And then they went and beat Big Didn't 12. mean they weren't one of the four best teams. Doesn't mean they weren't one of the four best teams. They went and beat Kansas State. But this year, even more than last year, this year I feel like we're leaving out a team in Georgia that could win a national championship. And when we, when we go to 12 teams, I don't know what the lowest seed team will be that will eventually win a national championship as history lays out. Uh, but Georgia would come in at the very – um, highest seed as a five in the future, right? Maybe a six, but a five or six, wherever they would end yeah. up in this thing. And I think that team is good enough to win a national championship through that 12-team format. So this is the first time I can remember in the four-team model 
leaving out a team that I think is good enough to run the table. Like last year's team, Alabama was good. I think in the 14 playoffs, somebody would gotten them, probably Georgia. But this year, I feel like Georgia, I think they could win this thing. Um, they may they may not be able to, but I think they could win this thing, and they're not going to be in it. I think we're leaving out two, potentially three, that are capable, that are actually capable of winning a national championship. And let's not forget in all of this, you're, you're referencing Georgia. This is the same committee that a year ago, with the loss to Kansas State in the Big 12 title game, kept TCU in. We know what happened to TCU. Yep. This committee was not only faced with a decision – to not include Florida State, they just dropped the number one team Mm. all the way out that is so far and away better than TCU ever was, as we now know, right? But they wouldn't have been forced to be in that position a year ago because there weren't those other – there wasn't the – there wasn't the Ohio State sitting out there, the Florida State-Texas dilemma, the Texas-Florida State dilemma, and then obviously Georgia. You didn't have that set of circumstances with other teams. But still, to me, like I think that's one thing that's getting glossed over here a little bit is we're not over, we're not acknowledging the fact that Georgia like literally tumbled. Does anybody actually think that Georgia is not one of the top four teams in the country? Absolutely not, and nobody's going to feel sorry for them. Right, because no. everyone's and crying. Every, no, I I do. Everyone's crying about Florida State, so that's going to take up the headline space. But that Georgia team and that Georgia fan base walking in to Mercedes Benz Stadium on Saturday was the dominant number one. Had been that way for a long, long time for for all season. They were the 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 cream of the crop. They were the top in the college yeah. football world and trying to do a three peat never done before in the poll era. Trying to do a three-peat. And 60 minutes of football later, they're six in the country. And all of a sudden, you're, 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 you almost aren't even a citizen of the college football elite anymore. Come on. That Georgia program hey. is not going anywhere, in my opinion. And they are still one of the four best teams. They being left out probably is equal, if not more of a greater crime, than Florida State being left out. Can you imagine? Just, just close your eyes for a moment and envision this in your head. What if Georgia was playing Louisville in the SEC title game? Oh, oh! I mean, Georgia would be the number one seed. The four seed would be going to New Orleans, whoever the four seed would be, to play Georgia. They would beat their right. eyes out. Beat their eyes out. Yeah, it would not. It would have been what we call an NFC. Yeah, a no freaking contest. Yes, I, I appreciate your discretion, but we are. Not FCC regulated, but I know ESPN. We're a family-friendly family yeah, program. There are some kids on the way to school, but I appreciate your – it would be an <laughs> NFC, uh, an, an NFC South, if you will, in that situation. <laughs> um, the show brought to you by our friends at Gutter Cap. We'll get your reaction all the way to the top of the hour, uh, right after I just breeze through some of, some of the actual games that were on the field. Um, by the way, our buddy C. Stu and Gutter Cap, uh, your leaves are probably already down now. We're into winter. Christmas is coming. They're probably clogged in your drains Drains if you've never had them capped. Next big rain we get here in the south, you're going to have a waterfall coming over, and that's not good for anything in your house. Uh, our friends at Gutter Cap will patent it, aluminum cover system one time after they clean out your gutter one last time. They'll cover those gutters. You'll never have to worry about it again ever. comes with a lifetime warranty. And they've been local here for 30 years. Stay off the dangerous ladder forever. Get 45% off the retail price just because you watch us on Monday morning live. 
guttercapbirmingham.com. Guttercapbirmingham.com is the website. Or call our buddy C. Stu right now. 205, he's eating his Captain Crunch right now. 205 <laughs> 8232212. 8232212, our friends at Guttercap. Uh, before we get back to the comments, just quickly through the games. Uh, let's go, let's go back to Texas, uh, who just blew through Oklahoma State. Big 12 coach of the year, Mike Gundy, could not stay on the field with Sarkeesian and the Horns in this game. Quinn Ewers is looking healthier, and that makes a difference. Mm-hmm. He's looking healthier, and I think one of the things that shows you why Texas is a championship-caliber team is at the time Jonathan Brooks got injured, he was legitimately, from a production standpoint, a a true dark horse Heisman candidate. That's how good he was playing. And then they had the depth behind him. He goes down, they don't miss a beat in their run game, and they're doing it with a variety of different backs. Quinn Ewers, to your point, is healthy. JT Sanders is an absolute nightmare on the inside. Uh, Adonai Mitchell, Xavier Worthy, Jordan Whittington, and then that defense. I mean, that looked like a hot knife through butter on on Saturday, and there were no answers for Oklahoma State. And so, um, credit credit Texas. I I think the number one thing I keep pointing to, and I said this to Sark um, in person, uh, that I thought the most impressive thing he's done is he finally got that program and that team to deal with success. And to take it and embrace it and run with it and not get caught up in it and then find yourself on the losing end of a game that you should not lose. And they have found ways, a variety of ways to win games. They've won games on the ground. They've won games on the special teams. They've won games through the air. They've won games because their defense just suffocated you. They've had to win games late. They've won games in blowout fashion. I mean, they've run the gamut. So I, they're more than worthy in my opinion. Um, the Michigan Wolverines beat Iowa twenty six to nothing. Iowa's defense uh, made Michigan look look a, a little sluggish at times in that Big Ten championship game. Uh, sure. And and there are people wanting to know: Do you think Alabama's defense can limit Michigan like Iowa's defense did? Make them look a little little slow and awkward? Uh, yeah, because I think Alabama as good a defense as Iowa plays, and the sole entire reason Iowa has the record they have is because Phil Parker must be a magician. Um, and uh, that's who I actually voted for for the the Frank Royals Award because I don't know how you get to double digit wins with that team. Right. Um, I think Alabama will be faster overall as a team. They will be more athletic, and their rotational depth will have less of a drop off than Iowa. So the question that you ask is. Do I think they will be able to have the effectiveness Iowa had? Yes. And not to diminish um, Michigan's skilled position players, but that's not how Michigan plays. Like Michigan wants to phone booth you. All right. So the challenge for Alabama, two things. Number one, they don't have to worry about an overly dynamic quarterback running the ball. Um, He's a good athlete and he can make things happen when things break down. But I mean, true designated run plays. And can you line up? and control the line of scrimmage without ever having to add an extra hat in the box to stop Michigan's run game. That's that's really going to be, I think, what it comes down to. Yeah, Deontay Lawson having a month to finally get that ankle healthy will help Alabama yeah. tremendously in this game coming up. And Royal Payne would like to ask you, do you think Michigan ends up having to rely on J.J. McCarthy's arm to beat Alabama? If you're Alabama, you hope so. And that's not to say he can't do it. But that means that you have shut down the run game or you've limited the run game and you've got Michigan out of their comfort zone. Everything that Michigan does is it's heavy play action, right? They're, they're, they're not a big drop back team. They're not a clean pocket team. They are, they're going to run the football. 
They want to play between the hash marks, and then they're going to come off of play action and take some intermediate and deep shots. So if he's having to throw the football considerably, then that's probably good news for Alabama. Now, on the flip side of that, don't forget that you look at Michigan's schedule at this point, and you look how down the, the Big Ten as a conference has been. There isn't a player at the quarterback position in that conference that even closely resembles what Jalen Milrow brings to the table in terms of challenges for a defense. That's going to be very and, – and I, I, would, I would argue that, okay, if you're going to have to face that, thank goodness you have a lot of time to prepare for it. Yeah, and JB asked that question in the chat room. Um, he wants to know the last time Michigan faced a, a mobile quarterback like Milrow. He's saying Justin Fields. A little bit of C.J. Stroud, yeah. though, last year, though, too, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think Justin and, and Jalen are a little bit more probably like sudden and explosive as true runners, whereas C.J. Stroud's a really good athlete that could create and make some plays happen, but they didn't want to do a lot of quarterback run stuff with him. But, yeah, it's probably just about in, in the Big Ten this year, it's been nobody. Uh, a fast fast forward now. Here we go. Uh, MyBookie.ag brings you uh, Monday morning live. MyBookie.ag promo code next round. Get that deposit bonus when you use the promo code next round. MyBookie.ag. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere. A lot of great questions here. Um, Kyle McCord entered the portal earlier this morning before our show. Everyone's wanting you to react to McCord. Uh, some Auburn people want to know, is that a guy that we should want at Auburn? Uh, what about Kyle McCord? Where, why, and where, and why, and how is this guy leaving Ohio State? Well, I mean, yeah, the the why is crazy. I don't I don't know what the why would be. Um, that that one's a head scratcher for me. So maybe internally, there's some things going on there that nobody knows about. Maybe, uh, quite honestly, he's. I mean, let's be real about it. He's probably been tampered with, and there's a lot of money being thrown around. Yeah. Um, and what if you find yourself in a situation where a lot of money's being thrown around, and Ohio State's like, we're not doing that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I mean Ohio there's, State's there's, got you. You know this. Ohio State, they don't have the Riola kid, right? He decommitted. He's going to Georgia, but they've got a, a quarterback on the roster that some people wanted to see this year. I wonder. I wonder. Mm-hmm. And you, you've been in the coaching circles. Fifteen practices coming up for Ohio State before they play Missouri. I wonder if they were going to rep that other quarterback to see what you have, and that didn't right, sit yeah. right with McCord. Yeah, very possibly. And this this is a huge head scratcher. I mean, I to me, I and I think Kyle McCord got a little bit of a of a raw deal this year from public perception and criticism. You know, he hadn't played. You know, he's young, and I, if you look at him overall, he actually for a first year quarterback. There's a lot of teams in college football that would say, hey, "Man, we'd take that type of production." Yep. So maybe he'll have a market value that'll that that will be up there. And then and listen. What is it? Today's the fourth, right? So today everything opened up, and by tonight and tomorrow afternoon, there's no telling the numbers that are going to be in that thing. It's going to be absolutely crazy. Uh, back to the Florida State uh, angst after being left out. Uh, everyone, multiple people asking, uh, do you think the ACC commissioner uh, in their schools re, uh, regret signing up with the Alliance, which postponed this uh, 12-team playoff by a year? We were going to have the 12-team playoff this year, but remember mm-hmm. the Alliance – the Big Ten, the Pac-12, and the ACC, and maybe the Big 12, blocked it from happening this year. So it delayed it by a year. So we're, we're one year away from the 12-team playoff because of that alliance that the ACC was part of. Um, 
Do I think it had anything to do with the decision that was made? No, I think those are two entirely different topics. Um, would it have had an impact on whether they would have been in? Yeah, you know, probably so. But let's just say, um, you know, obviously they formed the alliance, they pushed it off a year, but it really just came down to the decision that was made in the room yesterday. Yeah. In that room, by the way, uh, the, the Boo Kerrigan uh, from North Carolina, the athletic director, five committee North Carolina members. State. North Carolina State, excuse me. North Carolina State. Five committee members. Um, have either worked at or graduated from ACC schools, uh, only two with any SEC ties at all. And it was not a very SEC-friendly committee when I was looking at it. That was the thing that was scaring me the most about Alabama or Georgia being uh, uh, hurt by that committee. So there was a heavy ACC flavor in there, which gets to the next question from a couple of people. Florida State in the summer rattled the cages of the Atlantic Coast Conference. Uh, about the way payouts was financially. They were they threatened to leave the league. Uh, Michael Offord was very outspoken this summer about maybe Florida yeah. State exploring other options outside the ACC. And two prongs here. One, do you think that could have uh, lost him some friends with ACC ties? And two, uh, do you think this only fast, fast paces the possibility of Florida State wanting to leave the ACC for if they get a chance to the Big Ten or the SEC? Well, number one, I would hope that's not the case where we've got petty grievances amongst each other that would have an impact on a, on a decision with these types of ramifications. Um, I mean, you talk about taking something to a personal level. I'm not saying that anybody's above it um, and that it couldn't occur. It, it obviously most certainly could. I'd be very disappointed in that. And then the, the answer to the second question is, where are you going to go? That's the thing. There's all of this talk. What? To our knowledge, to this point, they don't have an invitation to go anywhere. And on top of that, the cost structure, number one, just to get out, I think it was a reporter, was $120 million. But that doesn't get you out of the grant of rights. So now you find yourself having to fight and scrap and push uh, through the legal channels and spend hundreds upon hundreds of millions of dollars, potentially, just to fight it without knowing what the end game is going to be or how long it would take. Yeah, Tesla talks right. No need for FSU to leave now. They've got a little bit more money coming in with the way they divided up now the payouts in the ACC, and they're going to get the yeah. bigger chunk because of the 12-team playoffs they would be in now by being the ACC champions. Uh, a lot of people asking, did Bo Nix lose the Heisman on Friday night? I believe he's not going to win the Heisman now. I think he probably still goes to New York, but to me it's Jaden Daniels. I think Vegas echoes that. And Bo may actually slip to third now behind Michael Penix. Yeah, I definitely think those three will be the finalists. Um, did he lose it? I don't know if I'm convinced of that. Did he help himself? Probably not. But I don't know. I don't know if Michael Penix though did enough to just absolutely overtake the entire field, even though he played and they won the football game. There really seems to be a strong sentiment for Jaden Daniels and. I think there's a lot of people that look at not only the consistency of performance each and every week of outstanding performances, but they look at the team and they wonder what would have been had he not been there. And I think from a human nature perspective, that carries a lot of weight, maybe more so with Jaden Daniels than it does with the other two, fair or unfair. Yeah. Um, Missouri and Ole Miss in New Year's Six, New Year's Six Bowl games. Uh, but so is Liberty. And there were some people joking earlier about uh, the biggest the biggest scam in the, in the college football playoff rankings was at the bottom. 
there's no way Liberty's schedule warrants them to be ahead of SMU, that SMU is, by the eye test, the better team and should have been in the New York Six Bowl, but they put Liberty over them only because of that zero in the loss column. Sort of the same conversation I, being had at the top. Yeah, it's the exact same conversation, and, and it's not applied there. And you're right, I mean, Conference USA is so down right now. And um, and the job Brett Lashley did, and, and to do it again, he did it with a backup quarterback on the road against a team that was buying for back, back-to-back New Year's Six Bowl appearances in Tulane. Um, but we're not talking about a one-loss team here. We're talking about a two-loss team, unfortunately. Yeah. All right, Lugs. Um, we got 60 seconds left, 15 seconds. Give me um, how do you think these two semifinal games play out? Um, I Listen, I... I think Alabama, because they've been there so often and the path in which they have taken to get there this time around, there's a little bit of an edge, maybe, that they had been lacking a little bit recently. That gives them the edge early on on the surface level approach. And then I, listen, I have such respect for Kalen DeVore in Washington. I've seen Texas too many times in person. That defense is a problem. I mean, a real problem. And so... I would favor Texas slightly between those two. All right. Thank you, Lugs. Appreciate everyone being with us on Monday Morning Live. 9 a.m. Central is when the next round starts. See you then.